why are we saying why are we doing this all in the pre-show oh my god yeah, i i don't know i don't, I don't know, know i often yeah. wonder all right, we are here. Welcome to episode 532 of Ray Python Radio. Tonight, it's just me and Owen. Um, and we have some topics to hit on. One, <laughs> since Owen is <laughs> knee-deep in babies this year, I figured it's we'd do some It's not knee anymore. It's like, it's like neck deep. It's, it, yeah, it's getting horrible. <laughs> um, baby carpets and uh, what to do if you feel that it's taking too long for them to shed or you're running into problems with that, mm-hmm. getting them going, eating, all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been researching, um, well, I should say, I'm like, really, I read the com- more complete carpet once, and now I've gone back and I'm, I'm doing we're what I do. Right. We're, like, yeah, now we're really analyzing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get it. Now I'm yeah. like taking notes and all this stuff. And um, I started to look at coastal carpets from the Sunshine Coast because okay. I'll share this tomorrow while we do carpets and coffee. But <clears throat> I started looking at them and there was a couple of them that uh, they're huge. <laughs> so I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity to talk about where those huge coastal carpet pythons come from and why. Around the Br- Brisbane area, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 Southern coasts, and uh, yeah, and maybe maybe a couple other things if we get into it. But we have uh, we have several. (sighs) Yeah. So what's up, man? Oh, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. lots and lots. What's up, guys in the chat? (laughs) Babies. Um, right now, currently, I have two clutches of Madagascar hognose hatching, uh, one clutch of olive pythons hatching. And tomorrow is day 60 for the Ruffies. Nice. And I have two open bins in my baby racks. You have planned poorly. (laughs) So horribly. (laughs) So bad. Uh, We were talking (sighs) about before the show that, you know, Owen, when we started NPR, would be begging the snake gods for a clutch of olive pythons. And now he's like... Wait, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Couldn't you have now, waited until next year? <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm like 17. Now I'm like, you had 17 olive, olive eggs. Like, you know, it's, um, well, like uh, case in point, I bred the, the tigers this year. My, my really nice tiger to that female I got from you. And right. The tigers across the board are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love every, like awesome. But I had a set of twins, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you threw off my numbers, you little bastards! Like I, I only had this many slots for you guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hashtag it's, breeder it, problems. <laughs> it's all going. It's all going downhill very quickly. Um, but yeah, buddy's coming over tomorrow to drop off a rack, and I'm like, how many slots? He goes twenty five. I'm like, that might not do it. <laughs> it's not enough. It might not be need a bigger boat. <laughs> it might not do it. Like I, I'm going to give it a shot, but like um, between the olives, and then I have uh, the roughies are coming up here. But I have the olives, and mm-hmm. I have another clutch of I have a clutch of caramel tigers, and or sorry, caramel stripes to uh, caramel tiger. So that, and then I have the bread lie. So it's like, ugh. and if anything else happens. I'm screwed. <laughs> so if there's anybody, if anybody else has any other eggs, it's going to be one of those. I need to go to the show and find a floor model baby rack and be like sold. Like it's yeah. Oh boy. 
Yeah. Wow. And then <clears throat> you had so so how many clutches did you have this year? I'm What's glad you asked. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the oh, chart. Game prepared. Let's go to okay. let's go to the let's go to the the chart and the documents that I always tell you I don't keep. Um, oh, let's okay. see. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. He keeps four, them in his bathroom in a five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen clutches. Yes, Holy sixteen shit. clutches. Yep. As of right now, <laughs> sixteen clutches. As of right now, wait, something changes. Hatch fell. No, no, sixteen, 16 clutches, clutches on the ground. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay, and that's and that's two hundred and thirteen eggs, but obviously not all of them are going to hatch. Um, okay. yeah, two two hundred thirteen eggs. Holy shit, man! Yeah, wow. dude. Um, yeah. So, oh my god! <laughs> been a little bit of a thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting um, anxiety just thinking about. Yeah, that. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Wait, happened here. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta know, like, how do yep. you? I don't know either. <laughs> do you just oh. take care of the babies on one day by itself, or like, yes. what's your it ha- what's it, the process? It has okay. to, it has to be, and I've done that before, but it has to be now right. that like during the week is baby time because. Okay. They're babies, so they're going to be shitting and flooding their water, and they're going to be doing other stuff, and things are going to shed. So, like during the week, it's like baby times. So, um, normally I will like I cleaned all the babies yesterday, and then today normally be when I would start cleaning the water bowls for the babies because I'll let them soak overnight because they are all like ceramic things. Which mm-hmm. I found a restaurant store near me that sells like. Little ceramic dishes <laughs> in all different sizes, and uh, you know all other fun things you that I was. You should have told me because I have those. It would probably work perfect for your thing. I have, first of all, I have these mm-hmm. little little cups that I used when I was using those small uh, right. baby things, baby yeah. tubs. Yeah. I have a case of them that I, I will, will never, I'm never I will use. Take them because so. on this is Python shit we're talking about with the little ceramics. Yes. We haven't even gotten into the colubrid bullshit because you can't put yeah, them. Be perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, you can't put them in the rack. I have to put them in those small containers that you gave me because if I put them in the rack, I open the drawer and the corn snake's gone. Like it's like yeah. the crack that big and it just went right through. So, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much where we're at now so like tomorrow tomorrow i'll take all the baby bowls and i'll start soaking them in in water and and soap and bleach and then in that time i will do the waters for all the adults and then i'll clean anybody who's dirty over the weekend i'll do a major clean on anybody else who's dirty plus that's when i do the feeding so like i'll pull the bowls for the babies tomorrow they'll get them back on friday and then Saturday or Sunday is usually when I do a feeding for everybody. Okay. Which, which right now is a lot. So what I'll probably do because this weekend this week's gonna be a little weird because we have a like a four day weekend. Um I will right. feed the adults and then I might wait to feed the babies until like Tuesday or like if I feed the adults Saturday, I'll wait to feed the babies till Sunday. Okay. Or vice versa. Because then I can. Right. Right now, you got to focus. 
on them and get, you yeah. know, you got to tease and you got to do all that fun stuff. Once they're rolling, it'll be just like hucking fuzzies and just, you know, running. Right. So, right. Yeah. And some of the, yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Some of those species are like, you know, like when the Rafis hatch out, getting them going is going to be, I'm terrified of that. It's going to be completely, it's another day. I have a, it's a, yeah. a whole different day now that Ruffy I need to day? figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffy day, you know. Are you just gonna add it that eight days a week, or what? I'm gonna try to, like, you know, it's this is this is when it's like, God damn it, I need a staff, and then I'm like, I don't want people in my shit, like, I don't, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, so I was telling Owen, I was actually pretty excited about uh, looking forward to the next season to actually breed, <laughs> maybe a clutch I'm, or two. <laughs> well, at least I two. Am, I'm gonna try. I am literally. Something lays eggs and I'm crossing them off as not breeding next year. So it's like this laid eggs. I don't need them to go next year. So um we're now down to it. It's like next year is gonna be uh maybe uh try to just focus <laughs> on the white lips. Now. He says this now. White lips, roughies, and then you know, we'll figure it out. But okay. No, we're not doing anything okay. else. No. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, so I think I talked about this last show, but right down there in the bottom, I have mm. uh, the uh, Russian tiger from Eric. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. It looks a lot like we were talking before we started. It looks a lot like the male from you. Nice. So hopefully we're going to get two clutches next year to get that line back in business. Um, yeah, so... That's cool. Yeah, my That's beard. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Nope. Oh, his beard. Uh, I'm starting to get. <laughs> I'm starting to get some up by my temples, and I'm like, if this this year keeps going, I'm uh, I'm gonna start getting that like you know Jason Balin like silver fox thing going on. So silver yeah. fox. Yeah. Uh, it's when I start getting gray yes. hair, and my beard is when I quit. So. <laughs> so I think we're what 48 days away from Carpet Fest. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's turning out to be super stressful because I'm trying to get my pool. my pool has like been infiltrated by algae, and it's just like, oh my god, man, it's gonna be a fine. Nightmare. It'll be fine. It's like it's like getting mites, but in the pool. <laughs> that's that's like the equivalent. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we got construction going on back there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I told you. If you still need a crew, I can easily get a crew together. I just need uh, to tell me when and where, and I'll I'll trick several people into showing up at your house for manual labor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, we're August. Um, when are we? August twelfth, right? August twelfth. Yep. Well, August twelfth, yeah. Somebody so asked me yesterday. We, they're like, "What's the what's the deal with Carpet Fest?" I'm like, "It's happening August twelfth." Like I've told you guys many times. Yeah, but what's the deal with it? I I don't. Um, it's happening August twelfth. Like I don't know. Like, like, what are you asking me here? <laughs> like, it's I don't know. But I uh, I don't know. And these are people who have yeah. attended it, so like you know what it, the deal is. Like I what's. Well, what they don't like the twelve o'clock stop. I don't. I don't know. They haven't answered. They haven't said anything. I think they're too afraid. Yeah. Oh man. 
because the answer is oh, going to be I don't okay. care. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know <clears throat> Scott was sort of laughing at that, but uh, yeah, we're we're kind of having a hard stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and gather everybody out. There Check are reasons out. why. Get out. Yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah, I sort of have this logo kind of done, but. I can't get the background out of it. When you put it on anything but a black T-shirt, it just looks terrible. So, right. I don't know. I'm, I'm still working on that, but who knows? Maybe we'll have one. Maybe we won't. Like well, I mean, 2016. It, it's either that or, um, I mean, I know it's in some of the places where you can do the T-shirts, you can. They have artists that you can talk to. Like you can always try to send it to one of them and see if they can fix it for you, and then. Yeah. Yeah, we try to get it up. Okay, I'll try to uh, to get that going. Yeah. Um, so, yep, that's that's really the only updates I have. Not a whole lot going on here. Just getting ready for <laughs> next breeding season. This is usually when I start to prepare, start to get it going, start well, that's, feeding that's, up females. That's the other part of it. I'm, things. I'm thinking about you that. Know. I'm sitting there. I'm like, well. It's almost July. I should really start planning for next season. This season isn't over yet. (laughs) Like it's like I don't I I don't even know what to do. You're just in a perpetual you're you're like a ball python breeder now, man. It's just all year round. Incubator never goes off. How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? (laughs) It it never goes off. I am a connoisseur of many species, therefore my breeding season stretches beyond the simple Morelia. Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) This is true. Well, this yeah. is true. The simple look. Oh my goodness! Look like, at him yeah, taking yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh boy! All right. Come well, this far. <laughs> we have come this far. Here we are. Um. So, all right. Topics. Our first topic. Since since we are in baby season, uh, yes. everybody's having cool stuff hatch out, and or if you're spring breeders are laying eggs i guess you know i saw like david kelly he got like three clutches of diamonds which was pretty pretty nice. awesome um nice yeah um <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so let's talk about um what do you do baby it takes a long time to shed i guess this could apply to Similar pythons as as uh, well, let's, Morelia, let's but let's go with that. So you have a clutch of babies, and you have like say you have like ten babies, mm-hmm. and then like eight of them have shed, and the other two just aren't doing it. Yeah, um, they don't look blue. They don't look anything <laughs> like that. And it's been a considerable amount of time and you're getting ready to feed the other eight. My suggestion is to try to feed the other two, like feed all 10 at once because I've gotten baby carpets to feed before they've had their first shed before. All right. Yeah. So let's, so what's your typical um, timeframe do you have for carpets, baby carpets shedding? I I don't even track it really anymore. I mean, like you can say like what, two, like uh, two, three weeks, two, three weeks. I think it's like three weeks out is normally when you start pulling it. I have them. I mark down when they shed their first time. I just write it on their card. So I know, but then that's like the only shed that I track because I don't care about the rest. It's just like, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, sheds. Here we go. Like, You're not sending. It, the first shed is monitored, and then like the first like ten ish feedings because I want to make sure that they're feeding consistently. But then after that, it's just like there you go. Here you go. You like you know right, whatever. You missed one. Fine. You ate like twenty times in a row. I don't care. Like it's that right. kind of stuff. Um, and then it just goes down to like what am I observing in the animal? But I'd say three weeks it sheds. But if I would gauge it more on if the majority of the clutch has shed, don't hold off on the one baby because it hasn't peeled yet. Just feed it with everybody else. Feed them all. Yeah. So <clears throat> here would be my. So let me ask this question. How does that yeah. compare to say olives or white lips? Same. Is it longer time frame? No, I don't think it's a longer time frame. I think it's pretty much the same. I want to say that olives shed pretty quickly um, based off of what I guess just what I've observed because it's always like, holy crap, like egg, like, you know, there's a shed in there that quickly. Um, right. But I'm not sure if that's just because some of my olives, uh, I, this one mother I have that when she has babies, they never seem to absorb the yolk the best way. They kind of like almost look lumpy. And maybe a little squishy. Mm-hmm. And then I give them like a week or two and they absorb mm-hmm. everything. And then they're blue. Like it's like all of a sudden they go from being these weird kind of squishy lumpy to an olive python. Like just miniature. And it's like, okay. right. Um, but last year's clutch didn't have that problem. But that was a different female. Okay. So this year is the same female. And I have four babies that are out. Three girls, one boy. And two of the girls have that weird lumpy kind of thing. Also, hmm. this female has a lot of DOAs um, fully formed, and I have one mm-hmm. so far. So, hmm. interesting. What do you think? Very. That's from? I don't know. Inbreeding. Inbreeding. Yeah. Inbreeding. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. I mean, different things. Who the hell knows what line? How many olive pythons we brought into the country? It could just be her, because the yeah. other olive female. I think never had like that five bloodlines originally, and then right. they sort of look like look at it and say, "Ah, they're all olive pythons. Just breed them together." Exactly, like you know, I bought this one bloodline. <laughs> Hooray! My olive died. Well, I'm gonna grab this olive. Who knows where it came from? Like it's, and also, if you did just have the bloodlines of olive pythons, you kept breeding them. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't so, think anybody cared in the beginning. You know, I don't, I don't think that they. Yeah. I think the biggest problem we had. I wonder back if then they was, even thought about that, right? Did no, you, did not you at all. think that they had the foresight to. I don't no, know, I don't know. Because they needed a boy and they needed a girl. Everything else was stupid. <laughs> That's all they cared I guess about. Too, it, <clears throat> I guess, too, like back then, it probably came down to whoever would breed, you know, because right. you try, you're just trying to establish that species right. in captivity. So. And I've, I've heard people that have had. Um, I know Eric Kohler is consistently really good with olives. Um, mm-hmm. not to toot my own horn or anything like that. I'm getting up there. I refuse to acknowledge any success that I have ever had. Um, um, three clutches so, or or two? Um, three, right? This will be four. Four. Okay. Four in a row. Yeah. So let me ask this question. This yes. is nothing to do with the baby thing, but like, yeah. do you have people that are coming that seek out an olive python just because they want an olive python, or some do, some don't? Or like, I have certain. Well, let's put it this is way: a carpet people, python people that want to get 
into other Australian pythons. It's a mix. It's a mix. It's, it's a mixed it's a bag. Mix. So I have people who want that large snake feel, but don't want to have to get a berm or a retic. And when I say that I feed my olive pythons for retired breeder rats, and that's it, and they can still grow and have twenty eggs in a clutch, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, What's the size um, of your female, adult female? Would you say? She's about seven eight, foot, maybe eight. 10? Okay. Yeah. I think my two girls are about eight, eight foot, maybe closer to nine. Um, my boys are definitely a little over six. Of course, I say that, and they're both probably like the males are probably eight foot, and the females are probably 10 foot. I don't know. I haven't pulled them out and been like, how big are you? Like, it's, is it eating? Can is you it put fine? Her above your head? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I can hold her above me, and I'm like, I'm six foot. Is so, she bigger than the water python that we found in? botanical gardens that's cool i mean they're about close the same size. yeah about the same about size the same size okay. yeah maybe not as thick around <laughs> i mean she'll get there now because i'm just i'm just feeding her and she's not breeding next year but um uh i think that yeah. snake was a little bit bigger than seven foot <laughs> i think so I think it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, that's the problem. I say seven, eight foot for everything. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, the retic's like, what, 11 feet? And Melissa's like, are you crazy? I'm like, okay, how big? And she's like, she's at least 12. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, because the pie is a plan. She's a dwarf. No, 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 no. You don't have the pod. You have the you have oh, yeah. the, the, the pies. The, the pies okay. are gone. Thank so God. So it's one of those happened. super dwarf. <laughs> it's a, no, it's not a super. It is a dwarf free tick. So oh, it won't get okay. twenty feet. It'll stop at like high teens. I'm like yeah, okay. So okay. So you know when you have those carpets hatch out. I know we've talked about this probably mm-hmm. in the past, but like, what's your approach with the babies? Are you keeping them together until they shed? Or are you separating them right away? So animal comes out of egg. First thing that happens okay. is I pop it. So okay. boy or girl. And then the boys go into a bin and the girls go into a bin and they kind of chilled. Yes. So okay. separate. So girls here, boys here um, right. together. And they'll probably chill for maybe a week maybe a little bit longer depending on how busy I am and what's happening. Um, and then like, I'll keep them on some damp paper towel, give them a nice water bowl and a hide. And that's also when you start kind of checking out, you know, who's what, how to compare. It's a lot easier when they're all together kind of a deal. So um, then when we get close to like the, the end of the second week or maybe closer into the third week, I want to separate them out because I want to know who sheds and who doesn't. So okay. that's when I'll break them down. So they'll have paper, a hide box and a water bowl. There you go. Um, and then I'll usually number them and a quick trick. If the number is higher, it's because I thought that one was an uglier one. <laughs> so it's, if you can, <laughs> if you can get a low number rogue animal, those are the ones I like too. So, um, right. okay. yep. Yep. That's a good secret. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My approach. Um, <clears throat> oh, go ahead. No, no. So then I just, and then that's it. And then you check them as they shed and then start feeding. And then it's are you just missing like, them down or anything like that? As no, I, I, shed? no, I don't like to miss them down. I don't like doing too much. I find babies, some babies will do that thing where they're like, they miss their eggs so much that they're just going to sit in the water bowl for forever. And mm-hmm. 
I find adding more water is just going to make it worse. If they start having a rough shed, uh, I'll intervene. But I mm-hmm. very rarely see babies have a problem with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I, I never, I never sprayed anything. So I basically do the same type of thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. but they come out of the egg. My result from right from there, right? Because I sort of wanted to keep track of who shed, when they shed, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I used the system that I sort of took from Matt Minotola and sort of tweaked it a bit for me. So blue mm-hmm. sticker is a boy, a red sticker is a girl. You get a blue stick, pop sec in there, boom, boy, right. girl. You know, um, and then um, I just sort of uh, I do a basic setup where I use I was using those uh, hides from like Reptile Basic, those little mm-hmm. black hides, or black whatever. plastic but, ones. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I found that, you know, uh, it was much easier to use paper towel rolls. Um, the one thing I did do is um, I did this the one year I tried this where. I sort of like, I saw, so Matt, when he's doing short tails, Keith actually suggested this to me as well, is that they would prefer to sort of be in, um, like if you put moss in the entire tub, they sort Mm -hmm. of like will hide underneath that moss. And and then I tried that with carpets just to see what would happen, but I I don't know. I really didn't like it. And I guess it doesn't make sense because they're really not on the ground looking for prey. They're sort of up a up you know up, up higher for, yeah for their meals and stuff <clears throat> so I, I just use what i what i adapted is i used the paper towel rolls but i would shove the moss in the paper towel roll mm-hmm. so that they could get in there and you know whatever and I, I i like the idea of just being able to especially when you you know when i was sort of rolling and i've had all these clutches it was a lot of work, man. So I needed something that was like super efficient. So I just take that paper towel roll, throw it away, Huck put it, a new one yeah. in, rather than have to clean it and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It just it just made life easier. We're we're getting to that point that so normally I have um I have a lot of my babies are in their hides are pipette tip bases. So when you're in a laboratory and you have tips for a pipette, um they come in like a little purple square thing with a lid and it's uh-huh. made of plastic and you can easily clean it. And um, I got a ton of these when I first started and we're at that point now where I'm out of them. Like everything right. is being, all the hides are being used. So now I'm like, I got to get paper towel rolls. Like I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do the next thing. I gotta step it up that way. So um, it was either that or go get uh, some PVC pipe and cut them. But that was going to be my next uh, thing to to uh, try to figure out. So, yeah, when I was talking to Nick <clears throat> um, a while back, he was saying that, like, if carpets having a hard time, like, if you have a, a carpet that just hasn't shed, you know, mm-hmm. and you're looking at um, a month, he, he was basically saying that that was poor yoke absorption and that, um, you can assist, the, you know, basically you can feed, like you're saying, you sort of like will feed them all, even the ones that haven't shed yeah. that way. It sort of sort of, usually stretches out their abdomen and sort of puts it, them into it, the it shed. It can trigger cycle, it, you know? to be honest with you. Um, if, if I have one that hasn't shed and I offer it and it feeds, I'm not going to be that surprised that the next time I go to offer it, it doesn't and then it sheds. Like it doesn't yes. eat, it just refuses. Like that, yeah. that's part of it. And of course, sometimes it's shitty because after it sheds, now we are at square one again. We have to get it to 
eat. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I usually, I typically would wait until they shed before I even tried to offer food. I, I've some, experimented with a bunch of different ways for one yeah. year. I did all live because they just, I, I had such a hard. So when I first started breeding albinos, I had such a hard time getting them to eat. I was going to ask as you I about started, them. Yeah. As soon as I started crossing in. Um, so I don't know if it had to do with the albino part of it, right? The mm. Darwin being, being difficult to being get going. Dick, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've talked to Australians and they said that they think that that's because we keep their hot spot too cool. I don't know. I don't, you know, uh, mm. I never I had, really experimented with raising the hot spot on those specific ones, but I know I had a hell of a time getting them going. And obviously there were crosses because it was albino zebra jags and albino zebras. Right. And then who knows, man, it could just be, you know, just poor genetics because they're just, yeah. you know, crappy. Yeah. I do find that it's if it's a high, if it's a morph like a, a like a kind of rarer morph or maybe a higher cross of a morph or it's always the it's always always the pretty ones always the pretty ones they're like dirt and it's like the ugliest one in the bunch is like just pounding food and you're like great cool thanks guys, um, so like out of my albino clutch this year I think I did pretty well but I think I have several that didn't take the first go this week will be the second go because i try to feed every 10 to 14 days Uh um for babies um this week will be the second go and i think i have a a litter of pinkies that just hit the ground so the timing is going to be pretty perfect that if they refuse again i can hit them with a live next time yeah i had uh so I did have success with, I was feeding them. Yeah. I would feed them fuzzies because I just thought pinkies were too small, but pinkies are worthless. It's a water balloon. It's <laughs> yeah. not, there's no nutritional value in a pinky. Right. You, I start every single Python on fuzzy or above. Yeah. Like I say fuzzy because olive pythons will take like a hopper hopper right off the bat. So, um, uh, they'll just eat it. And it's funny because olive babies will eat like hoppers, and then I think after like a month or two, it's like, well, it can take a weanling. Like, and then it's just like, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you're like, I'm feeding them small mice. <laughs> and it's, we're not even yeah. a year out yet. And they're already on that next thing. It, it's weird. Yeah. You know, I don't know. My experience has been so far that like some of the subspecies are a little bit trickier than other ones. I, yeah. More I certain morphs this. are a little yeah. trickier than others. Um, None of, car- that- none of the caramel exanic shit ate. None of the exanic like, yeah, stuff is terrible, man. Yeah, of course. It's no, terrible. The, all the, all the, all, and I'm talking all, but maybe like two of the tiger exanic shit ate. I had a hell of a time with exanics all the years. Uh, Coastal exanics, I just had nothing but, but I, I had a female. I couldn't yep. get her to breed. You know, I have shit, that. man. That was pretty much as long as you were trying to get olives to breed was as long as I was trying to get yeah. this exanic to breed. I, I hate I hate my exanic female. I'm sorry, she's a head exanic female, and she locks up every year, swells up, and then nothing. Yeah. Every year, I'm like, you know what? I'm selling your ass because I can't deal with this anymore. And then yeah. I give her one more year and looks, oh my God. Now this you get a clutch. Year she goes, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Oh, shit. Nothing. I, nothing. I want her gone. Um, 
So, well, uh, let's hit this question real quick yeah. from Richard. Um, what do you do about stuck sheds on the head? I don't know if I've ever had a stuck it, shed on the head. Take it off. So what I've always used for stuck sheds, right? Mm. They they make these, I guess they're like, you put them on your thumb or your fingers and they got like, I, I don't oh, know like exactly for, what they're like called. Paper? Like they're little like. Uh, yeah, they have like sort of like little bumps on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. almost like thimbles, but like. Clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but rubbery. it's like yeah. it's rubbery, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what what I've found is is that if I take those, it, it sort of gives like uh, friction. Look at you with this like it like I don't know why you're like, and this is my new gadget. You put the fucker in a warm water bath for a good amount of time, and then you pull it out, and it just goes whoop. Like <laughs> I don't. I must now put on my shedding glove. It's like no, peel the fuck. Like come on. <laughs> Yes, that's what they are. Finger cots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just I've had situations where they, it, yeah, I, I've actually had scrubs, mm. right? Mm. That I don't know if you remember this, but I had that one scrub that shed and the shed was stuck. And no matter what I did, I soaked it, wouldn't come off. I, right. I, I, I tried everything, it wouldn't come off. Then it went into shed again. Right. And it had two sheds stuck on it. I'm right. like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. I, and I soaked it. And then what I did is I just used those and it just came right off. Just came Eric's right like, off. Eric's like, hey, you, I've tried. Now I'm bringing out the big guns. Like, you know, it, <laughs> that's right. Finger yeah. puppets. Finger puppets. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Don't oh, you want goodness. to shed today? Like, no, it's. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what he's doing, but he's brilliant. Um, but it's, I, I think that the, you don't need to go too far. I, I've always just soaked with warm water. Um, my Dunai female, when she arrived, had a stuck shed, uh-huh. and then she ended up going into another one. And when she finally peeled, the shed was thick, like you could feel it was thicker than normal. She right. basically peeled twice in one right. go. Um, that has definitely been known to happen. Um, The whole thing about sheds is as long as the nostrils and the eyes are clear, I'm good. The rest is money. You know, that because normally if I can get their head out, they will take care of the rest. And if there's a little stuck later, I'll come and deal with that later. But I want to make sure they can breathe. I want to make sure they can see. Yeah. Well, that's kind of important. Those are two important things, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I will make a note for those who don't know, species like short-tailed pythons take months to shed. <laughs> yeah. I Which mean, is completely opposite of anything that I know python-wise. Well, and it's weird because you get into color bridge shit, like mad hog shed a week after hatching. A week? Yeah. Well, all, all of them just all, – all the ones that just hatched have shed. And now the new ones – they're out of the bin for like two days and uh-huh. we're talking like opaque blue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I wait till they're shed and then I, and then I'll offer food. Um, the, I know you were saying about how you sort of track it or whatever, but what mm-hmm. I, what I do when I, I've talked about this before, but for new people that have listened, what I, what I did was I would get a green sticker and if they shed, I mean, if they ate, I would put the green sticker on 
And then every time that they ate, I would just mark it on the thing until I, I love hit five. The, I love the color coding in the stickers. Like I just write down numbers and dates. <laughs> like, you know. Well, I you know what it was? I used mm. to do that, but like I like to look at things visually from afar, yeah. right? So I can yeah. go into the room and when I'm going to pull yeah, dude, it's all about efficiency, man. You're gonna have to start to learn these tricks. Listen, because... listen, listen. <laughs> no, 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 listen. there's no listen. I, I have two hundred babies on the ground under my belt, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it it just made it easy, like when I was pulling stuff to sort of know, you know, how many I would pull and what still hasn't ate what still needs to eat, because mm-hmm. I never really even thought about set well, you know, I don't really sell babies anyway but <clears throat> i never really thought about selling babies until it was at least five meals in yeah that's that's the thing is nothing's going to get listed or nothing's going to get sold till it's five meals in right and a lot of times when it when it's at that point where it's like five meals in it goes to people who i know know what they're doing yeah so like if you wanted a snake yeah i'm not sending it to you till it's five meals in no. and then you you got it yeah um Again, as soon as it comes out of the egg, I mean, like you, you know, I, I'm going to load that thing into a hot dog cannon, like that the Philly fanatic uses, and point right. it at the general direction to your house. And You're right, boom! Like, yeah, I hope it makes it. Like it's, um, but like certain, like also certain people who, if I know, are really interested in a clutch or some other stuff, I will say like, hey, these things are coming due. They've they've been feeding like five or six times. This is what I got. Are you interested? And it's like, if I do that, you have a yes or no thing right now. Like mm-hmm. you can take it or you don't. And then that's right. it. Um, and then I like to try to get more meals in. Cause I've had some babies get to that like second shed line and they kind of almost do a reset. Yeah. I've had that too, where and, you think they're going good and mm-hmm. then it's like you hit the wall. And I think last year I kind of, let some of my non-feeder babies go a little bit too longer. And mm-hmm. there was a definite visible notice between the ones that came out of the egg and started eating and the ones that maybe took a little bit longer. Like there was a size difference. Um, oh, yeah. And I kind of want to cut down on that, but I feel like that would be like, you know, ramming your head against the wall. Like some, some babies just take a while. Last year I had a caramel and she had an underbite. Mm-hmm. And she just would not feed for a while. And then I finally got her taking fuzzies, live fuzzies, and then transitioned her over into frozen thawed. And now we're like, she's a year old now and her jaw has like corrected. Mm-hmm. And now she's eating everything in sight. Gotcha. So it's like, okay, cool. So you kind of have to deal with that kind of stuff. So I've also had Rob sort of helped me with this, but, um, I've also had where animals weren't feeding mm. and I used to sort of take the approach that I didn't try to assist feed them because yeah, I don't know. I just sort of, you know, felt that if they were poor feeders, I didn't want to propagate that. Um, you know, uh, but, I, yeah, but I started to think about it and I was sort of like, well, we're not really feeding them the thing we want. I, I don't know. You can go back and forth with that debate. But the, yeah. You know, yeah. we're not here to have that debate at this point. However, no. you know, <laughs> uh, I will say that um, if I'm starting to assist feed, it's because we are so far down or the animal started showing signs of not doing so hot. 
and I have burned through everything in my uh, little bag of tricks. Yeah. Like we're talking yeah. live, we're talking frogs in a paper bag, talking in a scented, paper bag, driven brain. someplace, braining, super hot, tuna fish scent, a live chick, a frozen chick. Like we're talking everything, fish, goldfish, like all that stuff. So if none of that has worked, yeah, and it's still not doing well, then it's time to start assist feeding. But I usually try to pick something to assist feed that is not what I'm offering. Uh-huh. So like we're talking mouse tails, rat tails, um, chick feet or something yeah. like that. Something small and easy that I can kind of get down. I liked doing the um, uh, reptile links, the little micro links. Yeah. Those were cool for a little bit. Uh, just, you know, I, I don't order from them that often, so it's a little expensive to just get a package of yeah, the, like the smaller no. links. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the the issue with those two is the casing. I know that I've had a, a hard time, especially when they were smaller. That yeah, they, carpet teeth. <laughs> yeah, kind of becomes mush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Carpets can sometimes, if you're trying to assist feed, will bite down hard, mm-hmm. and I've had that where they bite down on a micro thing and just. Like okay, cool. Like, I like using the tails, um, just because. And I, I guess the advice I would give is make sure that they, when you're, you know, assist feeding, cut it. the tail off the cut the tail off the butt of the mouse, right? And then the part you cut is the thing you shove down the snake. Yeah, because the hair on so the thick part go down first, all the way to the thin part, and just yes. keep going. Yeah. Um and. I think I think too is like you want to be careful because if you give them too big of a meal when they have even even adult snakes I've mm-hmm. had this where I've made this mistake I I had a Malukan scrub that um, I did this that wasn't eaten for a while and then I sort of gave it a it wasn't even that big of a meal it was a small rat and yeah it died because yep. its system couldn't handle it, it you know? their livers do kind of go into like a stasis thing if they haven't been fed in a while and it's yeah. basically like one of those it's going to eat once and die and you just know that so it's good to so what do get, you do to do for that do you just I try to get some smaller in the meals yeah I, I try to get something in the system I try to get something smaller I try to offer something so small so the thing should be taking a medium rat they get like a large mouse like something right. small right um to kind of get that rolling. Um, so here's my is, next question yeah. with that, as we're on that point, because this yeah. is this can apply to to snakes Anything. that all the way into adulthood. Mm-hmm. But are you? <clears throat> how often are you feeding after it's fed? So you feed it. Let's mm-hmm. just say that it's an. It, let's let's talk about an adult for a minute. You have an adult okay. hasn't eaten for a while. You go to feed it. You're feeding it. Uh, takes a. You're saying medium rat. You're making a small mouse or right. mouse, right? Uh, you're giving it the mouse. When is the next time you're going to feed? Are you going to wait week. the following week? You yep. want to get it back going? And following week, I want going. another one in there. So and how often are you going to keep that going? Now you're going to sort of feed consistently well, now you for feed a while. Consistently, you get, you're right. You yeah. feed consistently, and then something's going to happen. Like it's going to it's going to take a shit. It's going to shed. It's going to kind of show you that it's on a course a little bit, and then you start upping it. So if I gave it a large mouse, I'm going to try to give it two large mice. Okay, yeah. if it eats two large mice, I'm going to try to keep going with those two large mice for a little bit, and then maybe I'll give it a weaned rat, yeah, or something like that. Um, 
that's something or maybe i'll give it like a mouse and two birds like i'll do that kind of stuff until eventually it gets to the point where i offer it a small rat right and then you kind of it, it's it's shitty because it's never to say that you're 100 percent in the clear is a lie it's a roll yeah. of the dice right but that's your best shot yeah sometimes when you're dealing with Things like imported scrubs and stuff like that. You, just, you know, dude, my 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 Dunai right now, my females, on small, <laughs> yep, my female yeah. small is on small rats, right? And those you have to open it, drop it, close the bin, walk away, right? Male is on bird. He loves birds, doesn't want to do rats, but right. we'll take a rat every once in a while. So I, instead of just thawing out a rat and letting and potentially wasting it, I just keep giving them. Like I think he's like four chicks right now. Like here, just have them, right. and then eat those. Um, and I had actually ordered some larger quail because I want him to progress. He's got to grow, and then pumping him full of chicks is just going to keep him where he's at. Right. Lisa said her best feeding tips are braining and dipping in super hot water for a few seconds. Yeah, super I, hot I, water I, works fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I I remember listening to an old reptile radio episode, and I think it was Mark Mandick. He's a ball python breeder in Canada, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how like a lot of people that have trouble feeding, you know, because you know how ball pythons are notorious for only wanting live and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So he yeah. was saying about how a lot of people that are feeding pythons make the mistake of offering a cold mouse. You know, they yeah. thawed out or whatever, and you know it's it's cold. They haven't heated it up at all, or you know. And, they're sort of stimulated by a heat signature. And sometimes that's why they bite your hand instead of well, yeah, <laughs> the first warm of, uh, thing is there. Yeah. So yeah. I, I find that, so I'll thaw out my rodents, but you know, like I'll fill up these giant buckets full of hot water. Um, the good thing is, is that my hot water heater is like right next to the sink in my, like in the same area that the, the, the sink is um so the water gets super hot super fast right um but i would say when i thaw everything out if the water isn't really hot i will dump the water and i won't fill it up all the way to the top but i'll give it enough that like everything can kind of settle in it and then you just kind of go and obviously you start with the smallest things first so when the water is super hot you start offering to the animals that maybe haven't taken consistently Right. Because then when you kind of move up towards your carpets that are like a year or two old, they don't give a shit. Nah. There's a mouse. Dude. Nah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So doesn't matter. That's the, that is the, that that's the one good thing I will say about carpets and that I've experienced is that once they're going, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty much. There, there's always this one thing every year, one feeding. Yeah. Every year where all of a sudden I'm done and I come upstairs and I'm like, oh shit, it's like noon. Oh, oh, that went so well and so quickly <laughs> and everything ate. Right. And now I have the day ahead of me. Like, it's a good gonna, feeling. There's going to be a couple weekends where I'm like, what time is it? It's nine o'clock. All right. After this baby tries to. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, this is why I really haven't pushed to do anteresia breedings. All that, <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. I worry yeah. how that's going to compare to carpets. So, listen, I'll give you some frog legs. You thaw out the pinkies with the frog legs. Yeah. And then offer them to the Antaresia and then just put the frog legs back in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a plan. That That is what I do for the Mad Hogs. And that works. Well, Mad Hogs right now. So, like, all that, the one clutch already shed. 
Um, I'm going to give them like a week or two because I want them hungry. Right. Ferocious little buggers. And then I'm going to offer them all fuzzies. And right. whoever takes a fuzzy will never see the next steps. Right. Okay. Then the next step is whoever takes a live fuzzy will never see the next steps. After that, it's going to be a fuzzy with chick down on it. Right. The next step after that is a small quail. Yeah. The next step after that is like frog scented pinkies. And after that, it's like chunks of frog meat. And after that, it's like a live fish. My uh, my go-to for carpets has always been chick down. I got that from Balin. Uh, carpets, the day. Lo- carpets love chick down. Olives love chick down. Like yeah, I, they love birds. My right? first clutch of olives, I'm showing these things a freaking fuzzy. And they're like, no. And I put a little chick down on it or showed it a quail and they just went nuts. Joshua has what has been the three worst feeding species in your menagerie? Uh, number one, top of the list is uh, blonde Madagascar hognose. Okay. Um, they wanted nothing but frog feet. They wanted nothing but frogs. Um, and it took me a while to get them. It was frogs or lizard scent. Um, and I finally got all 10 of them taking consistently. And then they just started crashing. So Damn. I got I got them all feeding. Every single one of that 10 had taken at least two meals. And then one died. And another died. And then another died. And then I, I'm down to three right now. Those three are rocking and rolling and eating uh, unscented fuzzies. Okay. Right but it took me that long to get there. And that was pulling teeth. And that was just horrible. Um, so I would say them is definitely number one. Uh, number two, maybe not necessarily worst, but it took a while. And that was just because I was new, uh, would be rhinos. I had my first, I had my first clutch of rhinos and it was like, this was, this was the routine on Sunday is I would separate them all out in their bins and I would open up all their bins and then I would present them with a pinky that I had ripped the front legs off of and soaked in with fish because I found that some of them would get to the legs and then just cough it up. So I ripped the front legs off so it could just go down. Okay. And it was, they would take it, they would start eating it and I would freeze and I would just have to sit there (laughs) and wait and wait. And this thing would eat it. And then I move on to the next one. And I tried to get it to the point where I had like four of them eating at the same time. And I'm all just trying not to move and trying not to do stuff. And one spits it out and starts running. And then it gets everybody else all pissed off. They all start spitting it out. Um, And that was, again, just my own stupidity. Now I thaw out the pinkies in water with fish. And I went from, I think the first year was like tilapia fillets. Now I'm getting like the silver sides, like they're gutted head off, but that's all that's been done to this fish. Right. It's definitely more of a pungent fishy kind of smell. And it's one of those, I don't tease feed it. I Uh open up the thing. And if the rhino is in the water, I just drop the pinky in the water, close the bin, walk away. Okay. Because now there's something in their water that smells like fish. They'll eat it. Right. Feet and all. Everything. So right. that was the first year of rhinos was just pulling teeth. The second year, I only got one baby rhino, and he flew. Like, he he did great. This past year, 
I bought a bunch of minnows. I'm like, here we go. We're going to get ready for rhinos. And they all started eating fish scented pinkies like right off the back, except for maybe two. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I have a tank of minnows now. I don't know what to do with. <laughs> like it was, I, I did not have to refill that minnow tank as much as I thought I was going to have to. And then they just started going. So the last one uh, would have to be, I mean, I've had numerous carpets that have just been shitty. Um, I have to say those, cause I don't think of anything else that was really kind of bad. Uh, the mangrove monitors were interesting. No, never mind. I re- no, I repeal all of that. Fuck it. Never mind. The last one is the Dominican red mountain boa. And again, that was partially my own not being versed on how to do this. These were my first things that ever came out. They didn't act like a carpet python that didn't jump at pinkies or fuzzies because they wanted geckos. They wanted lizards. They wanted this. So I had to get a tank of um, house geckos and anoles, and I had to give those to the Dominican boas and those boas would either let the gecko live in their little bin for a while, or they'd kill it and eat it immediately. Or some of them would rip the tail off the gecko and then let the gecko live around and then kill and eat it later. So um, I would say, matter of fact, I'm going to flip it. I would say the worst one was the mad hogs. Second is the Dominican red mountain boa. And the <laughs> third, third we're going to say is rhinos. So it was on my three. Okay. Mine was albinos. <laughs> Other than you're, that, I didn't like albinos caused me a small amount Sad of trouble. Pythons. Ah. They, they were tough. I couldn't get them going. That was like terrible. It, 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 unless you've hit the point where it's like you're throwing alchemy at the board. Like you're you're doing everything. You're you're thawing it out and like tuna fish cans. You're you're doing everything you can. Like sometimes you get to that point where it's like fine, just die. <laughs> so yeah, I. I <clears throat> I found that, uh, like I said, it. I found that um, <sighs> Sabu pythons were a pain in the ass. Um, anything with Darwin's in it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, other than that, I didn't really have a whole lot of issues with. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of issues. Sabu just one death. I mean, yeah. I I, I when truth. I had last time I had Sabu's, I had multiple tongs because I'd present the food, they'd bite it, and they'd wrap all the way up the tongs, uh-huh. and I would just leave it like perched in the, like in the bin, and uh-huh. then I'd pull out another thing of tongs so I could keep feeding because yeah. whatever. Just you know, when you're done, I'll get it, and they would. They'd like slowly work the pinky out of the tongs and their coils eat it and then just drop off back into their bin so yeah yeah i you know i don't know i i it always seems like the prettiest like when i was doing morphs let's see morph wise i would probably say with carpets um get that granite clutch that um zebra granite clutch that was such a pain in the balls yeah that was kind of a that was kind of a pain um I've heard the diamond pythons are pretty tough. I've had some in when I was younger, like early on, um, that I actually lost because I couldn't get them to go. Um, mm. So, but yeah, that's that's probably mine. This has been a fun conversation <laughs> for me to think about as I wait on rough scale pythons to hatch. Yeah, 
Inlands? No, I never had no problems with Inlands. Uh, no. Your Antaresia? What about, I mean... Antaresia? No, nah, because you... They're usually all rolling by the time they get you. Yeah, get to the, yeah. anything that I had or have has, has mm. pretty much been established. I think once they once you get them going, I think it's not... They're they're fine. It's kind of yeah. like blackheads is the same type of thing. It's just that we're offering them food that's not what they're naturally going to eat. So it's... it's yeah. Trying to trick them into taking if, this. That's why that. I'm definitely in favor of trying to. If it doesn't go for the white mouse, find lizards. something, lizards, bird, whatever, fish. Yeah. Because if I don't have to stress out the animal by forcing something down its throat, it makes it insanely easier. So much easier. I think that. Holy um, shit. I have to figure out how the hell to get um, Florida Cobras going. <laughs> Luckily, we know a guy. Yeah, no, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Lofman, I I I've made a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I keep doing that. I'm like, I have a year or two to figure it out. Oh crap! Yeah, so no trial by fire, okay. baby. I mean, that's sort of uh, you know, I don't know. That's I I think uh, you know, I had a hard time with uh, dwarf berms too. I couldn't get them going. Um, I had a real hard time with them. Yeah. I don't know if it was because I think they were F twos of mm. what I had, but yeah, they were they were tough. Um, which is kind of why I, I just always go back to carpets, man. I never really had, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. You're like screw this, back to carpets. And it could be, it could just be because I I, I like them so much that I'm invested mm. in trying to get. You know what I mean? So I don't know if well, it's because I, they're I, actually easier to get going or they're just easier. For I me. will say that. The white lips took defeating pretty quickly. Like I was surprised yeah. how quickly they took to it. Um, and yeah, I had to start two of the mud birds. Yeah, but you wouldn't know those things are death yeah. dealers at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Like I, I, I feel like you kind of have to try and then see where your problem children are, yeah. and then it might be that maybe there's a separate day of the week for problem children feeding. Yeah. Holy shit. I need a staff. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was volunteering? Somebody was volunteering. Earlier. Nobody near me. They're all like, I'll James. do it. Yeah, Where James. are you at? California. Oh, thank you. That helps. Oh, uh, I want to talk about big coastal carpets. I, I yes. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you, you have, you have me intrigued. So anybody that, um, is, listening to this vibe podcast and not watching it, you might want to go check out some of the pictures that I'm going to share or just imagine very large coastals or yeah. So I thought, you know, I, 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 like I said, I'm I'm knee deep back into the more complete carpet and, you know, I'm taking notes and adding to it. Like every like couple of years you get, like you have like a re re emergence of your love of carpet Python. You're like, yes, my God, I, did you know how cool these things are? Yeah, dude, I had heard about them. Like I got, like I don't <laughs> know what talking about. I don't know what the hell years. you're doing. Like I don't know why you had to be like, yeah. dude. Did you know that diamond pythons are actually kind of awesome? <laughs> what the hell is he? Yeah, dude, I, I got it. Like I know. So I can't help it, man. I love them. Um, you just there. This is your. This is the time for that right now. Yeah, going through another time thing, another year. phase. I think it's because I want to get back to Australia in the worst way, man. Um, I understand. Her, well, I mean, in the U.S. is great. I, I love mean, it. I, I we, do. I we, love every minute of it. But it's you got to get back to not Australia. Australia. And I mean, I think we did. We talk about this yet? Of how broken things are over here. 
broken? What do you yeah. mean? Uh, I that I picked up a pair of IJs. No, well, I know that, but you did that. <laughs> you know that. Other Does everybody else know that? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise them up, breed them, and then they all can shut the hell up. You're, you, so, <laughs> of all your success with all the crazy species you bred, you feel they're, like they're, you have I'm, to breed they, IJs. Those, things, those, gonna, those like, eggs are gonna that's... hit the ground, and then I'm gonna sell the adults. Like it's gonna be like done. Check. Yeah. You got. You can't take Nick busting your balls. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> they're the easiest ones to breed. I mean, you just kind of gotta like. Yeah, I don't even do it. I just kind of. I put the cages near each other, and there's eggs. Like, oh well, good for. Fucking, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> so when we talk about, um, so one of the things that I hear like new carpet Ooh. pythons and enthusiast enthusiasts coming into it, yeah, that's a, that's a nice tiger, right? Holy well, shit, man. tiger! <laughs> like that's that's like a red tiger, man, dude. This is but this thing at, at one point, this stuff with the kind of stripes like that was <laughs> that was. That was the, high end. Tri stripe. That was a high end tri stripe. Yes. Like, oh my god! Right. So, dude, I got to send you pictures of these tigers I hatched. Yeah, I know, right? Just come so over. Right? Me- <laughs> no, no, just just come over. There's too many. There's too many to take pictures of. Just come over. Okay. Thank you. Maybe when, uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to hook it up because we got to yeah. go to Roberts too. And yeah, Keith, uh, we cool. got some stuff to do. Yeah, let me figure out what's going on this weekend, and then I will talk to you about Keith's. So one of the things that uh, Owen has run into this, I've run into this, is like there's this misconception about coastal carpets, and they get huge, right? And <laughs> in some places. They do, as you can see I, in this I picture. This, <laughs> I ran into this this week. Somebody's like, "How oh, big perfect. is this? How big is this jag gonna get? Like ten foot? No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Its parents are six foot max. Like, no. Please so, don't feed it to get ten feet." <laughs> so there's a YouTube channel that I follow. It's uh, the Sunshine Coast Snake Catchers, and okay. uh, basically they're just going around. Um, are they are they snake catchers on the Sunshine Coast? Yes, so oh. they're basically going around just <laughs> catching. Uh, you know, I think they catch like maybe red barley blacks, maybe eastern brown snakes. Common. Why can't that tree be our snakes. job? And All then right. mostly other. It's just coastal carpets. Um, so um, I thought this would be a good way to talk about this, so people could actually understand what we're talking about. So. Okay. The southern coastals, so Sunshine Coast is down in the coastal carpet yes. python territory of what we call southern coastals, and they're the ones that get big. Yes. Um, and so I had two thoughts that popped into my head. Here, here will be another picture that I'll share just to show you size wise. This one's more of a banded one. This is my problem as a coastal person. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, that one's pretty. This is why I need other people to come over here and tell me which. Oh, look at that! Yeah, I love it. That's a that's a big girl. It looks like my Sophie. Oh my yes. god! Yeah, that's why I knew you would like. That I picture. love it. I love it. Um, so, so basically, uh, you have this group of carpet pythons that sort of get big in this in this area down in southern Queensland, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, yeah, they, they get a pretty good size. So two things popped in my head. One, uh, the reason that you hear carpet python keepers like ourselves say that we don't have carpet pythons that will get this big on average is because 
those type of carpets aren't in the U.S. other than Brisbane. I don't even think that they, you know, get that big. Like, I don't know. I I mean, they do get big for what we have. I'm not saying that they don't, but they don't get big like this. But my adult male is not as big, is not any bigger or smaller than my other coastal males. He's right on point. So, yeah. So it's not fat too. It's not a fat coastal in the picture. Right. Like you can see the separation between the head and the neck. Yeah, ex- me too, Eric. <laughs> um, so the one thing about these coastals is that you know um, the stuff that we have in the states, Rockhampton. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what else would it be? Uh, Port Douglas. Port Douglas. Um, you know, uh, what's the other one? Um, Brisbane. Well, Brisbane's the South. <laughs> oh, right. oh, you two, go up and probably again. like the Lemke stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff like that is all that stuff that's farther north. And again, I'm just, I, I'm not stating this as fact, but this is just, I guess, my opinion. And I think probably you would back this up. Um, th- those, those animals don't exist. So I remember back in the early days, I was talking to Keith about this last night. Mm. Will Bird had a line of diamond coastals, right? And those mm-hmm. things got as big as these, like right. they were humongous. They were they were huge, and they and I still have like, I still have an animal from that line. Um, he had this snake. His name was Lizzie, and that thing easy was probably bigger than the one that you see here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, a lot of the really big coastals are pretty much gone. Like there used to be, like yes. everybody would have one or two. Yeah. Big, and we're not talking like a giant ass jag that they fed guinea pigs, and now it's fat. We're talking like just a large coastal. Like I know I had one. Um, I think though that the problem is that those large animals were bred to smaller northerns, and then I guess it just kind of got smaller. Like we never really took the big, big ones and bred them to each other. Yeah, I, I mean, even like, even if you looked at M Pen's Lemsky stuff, anything yeah. that I've ever seen maxed what six foot, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Six. Yeah, and that's sort of like max, you know. Yeah, my Which girl, is, my big girl is nine. Right. Yeah. So this is sort of what we're talking about, but if you mm. if you know down here in the Brisbane area and this. You know, obviously these are from the Sunshine Coast area. Um, they, which is a little bit further up from from Brisbane, um, right? But they still are getting this big. So I had a thought of why do they get this big? So one of my thoughts was like, awesome. well, that's one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's one, and I'll show you. They these are the snakes that you you know we notoriously see eating these big huge meals yeah and like if you look at that like that's a huge meal as a possum yep yes yeah so these are the thing uh you know me and matt minnetola when we were there the last oh, time holy shit that thing's gonna eat that yeah man that's they they eat huge meals holy there. shit that is huge like no that's way too big no it's oh a, my god if you watch the latest youtube or maybe it was a short the thing they they show up and it's eating this possum, <clears throat> and it it took it down, man. And my they God. relocated it. And so, I'm sitting here going like that that that. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like that rat might be too big for her. <laughs> it's like Jesus <laughs> Christ, well, Jesus Christ. Is it only these 
so here's my thought. I don't know. Right? Yeah. You don't have scrub pythons down in this area. So where you do have scrub pythons, you have the carpet pythons that are up there and they're smaller, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. to me, it's like that niche partitioning, right? They're 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 in charge of keeping the population of smaller rodents in check, let's say, yeah. some birds or whatever. Scrubbies take the big things. Yeah. Yeah. So not only do you have so the scrubbies are eating the the possums and stuff like that. And the invasive Tree rabbits. Kangaroos yeah. and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Wallaby. Um, I don't know if they would eat a tree. I guess they would. They're big. I mean, listen, every kangaroo has to be a baby kangaroo and any baby kangaroo is edible. Tree kangaroos, not the, not the. Listen, every tree kangaroo has got to have a baby kangaroo and a baby (laughs) kangaroo is edible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Fair enough. Also boxes, the flying foxes. Yeah. You got those as well. So are they, are the reason that these carpets are getting so big in this area is it because of the fact that they're eating big meals? Is it because of the fact that they're sort of taking up for the scrub pythons? Therefore, they need to be bigger because they are eating these bigger meals. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's always that thing of like, when when do you see a python have a growth spurt? It's when the food item size increases. So when they go from fuzzy to hopper, when they go from hopper to mouse, when they go to mouse to rat, it's like big, like Jesus. Yeah. That's a kangaroo, isn't it? No, that's a, uh, another possum. Possum. Yeah. You know, and then you also have them in a lot of human habitation. Um, Picking off cats and so they're taking off and, people's yeah. pets and stuff, which is like you know, I mean, we've all seen these pictures where you know you got the big where's coast, the cat? Yeah, where's the big coastal carpet? Oh, the guinea pigs are gone, all of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they died doing what they loved. I mean, you got sleeping very loudly on, the, on yeah. this thing, you know. My God. It sort of looks like she's about to lay eggs. That's what it sort of looks like when they're about to lay eggs. What was the one where, like, the coastal broke into a guinea pig habitat because they kept the guinea pigs outside, ate the guinea pigs, couldn't get out, and then succumbed to the heat or something like that? Ooh, I don't... I'm like, or something ended up happening to it, but it's like, yeah, okay. All big meals, man. Yeah. Look at the head on that thing. It looks happy. <laughs> it's got a blue tongue. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting uh, thought. I, what are your thoughts? Why do you think they get so big? I, I'd say food's one thing. I'd say just certain time or certain localities of animals just get bigger. So if those are all the coastals in that area, and they're all the ones that are breeding with each other, you're going to get, you know, big animals and you're right if prey species are just so large it's going to force them to get big because they're going to eat some stuff and then they're going to have to take a large meal and that's kind of almost going to force the snake to get bigger to keep taking different meals or keep taking more of the same meal so all right, let's let's sort of hit these couple questions here. We got yeah. Josh. Do you think that what we have in Europe and America are, are all northerns? I, that at, would be my guess. At this point, I'd say any southern blood that is in there has been so diluted, right? It's it's non-existent. 
Um, you might get the random rare carpet that will get large, but I, and we kind of see that where it's like, I have a jungle mix and it's close to 10 feet. Not like, overfeeding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like first off, you're feeding it like a monster and it's yeah. like, also who knows to say how much stuff is in there. Right. So, um, so, so yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Josh's other questions are they probably, uh, Chenny eye? Um, uh, <laughs> most part. I mean, at this point, most of the things in northern Chaniai, um, and then Brisbane is just McDowley. That's the way it splits now. Yeah, that's sort of how Nick has it on his, uh, uh, you know, on his website. That's how he kind of divvied it out. Um, and then Brandon was saying about tree kangaroos. Yeah, tree kangaroos are up in cans, but what I'm saying is that the scrub pythons are eating those, not carpets. Definitely mm. not carpets. No I don't know. Depends no way a carpet. carpets from cans is eating a, you know, <laughs> tree, kangaroo. tree kangaroo. Hey, yeah, yeah, I yeah. find a bigger, a big enough carpet and a small enough kangaroo, it'll happen. So yeah, I I suppose so. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. Never so, say never. Here's another picture of uh, I think this is the one, that one that's striped, so you can see the size of it. Uh, man, what we would do for an animal like that. Oh wow, that's like a tiger, but that, like, is, that is a killer stripe. I think right? it's huge. It is humongous. Yeah, yeah, that's a monster. I love it. Yeah, so uh, Sunshine Coast Snake Catchers. If you want to check out some of the stuff that they got, I, I always like watching the Australian um, snake catchers because you get to see them catching. Usually, what they're catching is carpets. Right? They found carpets in a barbecue, carpets in a car, carpets in a um, where do you see the carpet? We're going to do carpets and coffee tomorrow. And for the mm. wild carpet, I have a Sunshine Coast okay. carpet that is just insane. Um, and yeah, that's sort of why I went down this rabbit hole. But like, I mean, how could you not like be impressed by all the different kind of like colors and then size? Like, I, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and then. Look at the car. Like, I know <laughs> this is pretty funny. It was, mm. it's, it's not funny for the people that lost their pet, but. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Look how oh, nice that snake is. It's sleeping in the hammock. In like the, the, hammock. Ul- the ultimate in- <laughs> like insult. Like, oh, my God. Those poor kids went out and, yeah. I don't know what was in that cage, but. I would imagine it was either a bird or some type of like, you know, guinea pig, something like that, you know. But uh, can't climb up into a hammock thingy. Yeah. What is the obsession of keeping your small prey item and pet (laughs) outside? Like that, like this is where your first mistake is. Like a hundred percent. Was it I I was yeah, I was telling Melissa we needed to bring the puppies in the other day because I heard an owl. I'm like, oh no, we gotta bring them in any minute now. The owl's gonna come and take one of them. Right. You know? How you Uh, live with your tiny little wiener dogs and not (laughs) not not worried about birds of prey constantly. I don't know. Oh yeah, man. I think you're just asking for trouble. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, the hammock is just right. Just yeah. perfect. Oh, it's so much. The snake's having a great day. You know, uh, warm. 
soft place to sleep. <laughs> Had Kendrick a meal. Was, yeah. yeah, he was talking about there. There was a video that was going around uh, on Facebook that was uh, a guy stopped in the middle of the road to. Uh, it was like he was in the middle of. I think it was his bus. He was driving a bus and he moved the big carpet off the road. <laughs> Which was pretty cool. That is cool. Which is like also it. illegal in Australia, yeah, by the way. Not allowed to do that. Can't yeah. do that. Kill it. Kill you it know. with your car. But, but don't uh, you dare import it to somebody who's going to love it and take care of it. Yeah. And then, and when you look at the snakes, I did find this. Uh, this is one of the snake catcher guys, but there's a pretty cool poster that he had. But if you look at the snakes from the area, none of them are really big except the coastal carpet. So what else is going to take out those possums? And those possums, man, I don't know. Me and Matt were watching them for quite a while. They were kind of crazy. Man. <laughs> they, were, they were. Dude, that big. was uh, when we were when we were herping the botanical gardens. Is that like a? California king snake in the bottom. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Oh, the bandy bandy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, when we were in the botanical gardens um, with, with with Gavin, and he's shining lights because out there's a possum, and I'm like, oh shit! Like they're they're big, man. And like I, you're expecting when you hear possum, you're expecting you know the the large garbage rodent that we have here. Like you're not expecting a cute fuzzy little face thing yeah right but no it was just kind of yeah weird. those possums are definitely bigger than my dogs yeah 100%, yeah 100 yeah and uh so when you retire to australia you can't put the dogs outside overnight probably wouldn't be a good idea yeah no no i don't think my wife would be fond of carpet pythons after that. <laughs> <laughs> the romance I, uh, would be over quickly got it yeah it's <laughs> just <laughs> I don't know. I wonder, you know, like for me, my yard is filled with garter snakes. That's what, yeah. that's my snake, right? So right. garter snakes all over the place. Um, yesterday, that crazy storm blows through. Mm. And as soon as it starts to rain, the frogs start chirping. <laughs> They're all over the place. I have, so I have gray tree frogs. Right. And then I have garter snakes. And that's, that's sort of my yard. And um, man, they go crazy. And I'm like, uh -huh. I can't find them. Yeah. And I'm thinking they're in the pool. And then I'm like, oh, man, I can't shock the pool because of these frogs are in the pool. But they're like real, like, I guess they sort of like hang on the, they're never in the water. Right. They're on they're the like tile. on the yeah. side, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. If I could move to Australia, mm. probably the Northern Territory is where I'd go. Yeah. They'll give me a job at Crocosaurus Cove if I ask really nicely. Yeah. I'll wear the khaki outfit. I'll wear no the khaki. Problem. Oh, I rock a khaki outfit. And we could have croc parm every oh, day. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, done. Yeah. yeah. Go, go, go wander around Kakadu. Yeah. I think, yeah, so far, my favorite place has been the Northern Territory. Um, I'm, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know why other than the, uh, yeah, Robert, you had the crazy storm too. You had it too, right? Owen? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty wild. It was kind um, of interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I find the Northern Territory is kind of my favorite spot so I, far. I, I like it. Um, I but of course I've only ever been there, so um, I I would love to go back, but I would not mind seeing other parts of it. But I think right now Northern Territory is winning. Um, but I think the other part of it, like what what are we able to keep? Like what's what's that whole thing? Because I'm not sure what are the restrictions. But of course, if my collection consists of nothing but Owen Pelly pythons, I'll be all right. I think 
if I'm not mistaken, I think like maybe South Australia and maybe Victoria are the most, I know Western Australia is kind of a weird one, right? That's sort of like, if you're on, you're in Western Australia, you're sort of stuck with Western Australia animals, which (laughs) wouldn't be that bad for me, but you know. You do have roughies. I have to uh, say, well, yeah, kind of the roughies, yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I would probably live in the Northern Territory. There's not a lot of people. More research is needed. Yeah. I would be out in the field all the time. Yeah, I, I say that here, but like, I, I definitely would be road cruising all the time. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's sort of where I would go. Uh, okay. Big coastal carpets. We don't have them here in the States. Mm-hmm. We wish we did. I wish we did. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Don't you wish you had like... I I would love to have large coastals again. Um, but also it's like... But it would feel like to me large coastal olive python. Like it's like there... Uh, I, I just moved my... Uh, my big female bread lie out into a six foot cage. Right. And she enjoy she's enjoying the hell out of it. So. Okay. But it would just be like that thing. It's like, well, big coastal means you kind of got to step up the caging. So. Yeah, true. But if we lived in the Northern territory, I keep them outside. Right. So they could break out and eat (laughs) the neighbor's Guinea pigs that they keep outside. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, Okay. So the next topic I had, well, I don't know. Is there anything you want to hit on? Do you have any? I'm good. Just keep rolling. Yeah. All right. So the next topic I had was, uh, it was uh, about, are you a fan of perching with the ceiling hides? Mm. Or are you a fan of perching shelf? Okay. Or are you team perch? I'm, I yes, all of those things. Yes, <laughs> I am okay. a fan of each and every single one of those things for various different reasons. And some of my snakes even get offered all three, several of those things. Yeah, okay. Like, um, uh, the roughies they have a shelf and they have a ceiling hide. Of course, the roughies do. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, you know, where do they spend more time? It depends. Depends on the roughie, and it depends on what's going on. Um, if my male is in a ceiling hide, he's going to shed. Okay. Usually the ceiling heads are filled with moss, and they just kind of go in there. Um, the females will be in the ceiling hide all the time, but if they're out on the if they're out on the ledges, they're hunting. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I had those shelves in the past. This is sort mm-hmm. of like I've talked about this before where I had those shelves where Anthony Caponetto designed this carpet python cage and right. I had a plastic cat and I had the shelf in there. And um, I don't know, the shelf never really worked for me. I never really found them to use it. So I took them out um, and I sort of came to this uh, – Oh yeah, there we go. Eric has uh Yep. Yep. So that so he's you're using that Eric for perching or are you putting that up and they're going in it like sort of like a like, like a, to hide like, like a tree top. hollow. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Which would make sense because carpet pythons 
you know, dig it. Yeah. Like um, tree hollows. I, I feel like certain things definitely love, um, ceiling hides. Um, my rhinos really love their ceiling hide. Um, I wanted to try to get more of those. It's just that buying those little 3d printed tracks or something that was up there. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it without having to do that or to put holes in my cages. Mm-hmm. And I probably could figure it out. It's just that I got other shit to deal with right now. So, yeah. um, but I find with the shelf, if it is a large body, like ground snake, the shelf works fantastically. My yeah. olives love their shelves. Uh, my retic loves its shelf. And for them, I took a giant, like a last, a couple of years ago, we had a tree limb fall and I ended up cutting it up right. and these would have been great big branches if I could have mounted them with these heavy duty screws in this cage, but I couldn't figure out how to do it the right way. So I just kind of put them on the ground. So they're like these giant logs mm-hmm. and the snakes will just cruise on top of them like that. They're like, they'll perch on top of them on the ground. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so Eric was sort of saying about how yeah. he's sort of, it's basically like a paper towel. It's like yeah. a paper towel thing, but up in the air. And cool. he uses it on the floor as well. Um, yeah, I like oh, it's like shelves. Yeah. Um, I wonder, too, if it would make a difference, right? I'm mm-hmm. thinking like design-wise, especially if you have a species like, say, Owen Pelly or Ruffies or something like that. Yeah. that like, And so I would say bread lie probably in the same thing where they like to get in the rock crevices. Yeah. So if you had two shelves kind of put together. Would yeah. they sort of squeeze into that and sort of make them feel secure? So you would have a hide. So instead of having just one shelf, you have two. That's a good thing too, is that I have that big long shelf that goes the entire length of my big cages. And then they have a bin. So there is a point where the bin and the shelf are almost near each other. And I've seen my olive pythons kind of cram themselves in there. Yeah. Yeah. I would think with olives, they want to be in those rocky outcrops. Yep. 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 So. Yep. Okay, I I uh, <clears throat> I've only ever used the uh, the 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 ceiling hide at the top mm-hmm. um, on one, uh, and it worked. But like that one diamond python, I have I've found this huge piece of driftwood in Florida, and I I brought it all the way home because I was driving, <laughs> and uh, it was just it was like washed up on the. It's just so cool because it's got like those multiple points of contact. Yeah, yeah. never. Leaves. Yep. Never. Yep. I have I, never seen her cruise in the cage around nowhere. She just. I, I have. It. I have had that. I had that one carpet that she was on. She had a big tree limb in her cage. It went the entire length, and that was when I had those um, pressed wood boa master cages. Uh huh. And she would sit on top of that branch all the time. She'd like lay across it. She or she'd kind of sit it like a chondro. Uh huh. And. She'd eat off of it when she needed to like poop. She just kind of like untwist a, a tail and it would just kind of hang. The only time I ever saw her off it, it was when she laid eggs. She got off it. She laid her eggs. She got back on it. <laughs> like it was just like, okay. Yeah. So, yep. <clears throat> well, I'm hoping. Uh, oh, look at that. So the Riverbank Zoo is up in the. <laughs> now that's something to hide. <laughs> now, so now no one knows what anything's doing. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. For whatever, 
Yeah, she's staring at me like she wants food. Holy shit. <laughs> I guess I better feed her. I guess I should probably get on that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to breed those things next year, damn it. God damn I it. Yes. Promise. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I'll have two males. I wonder if the male thing is uh, so me. So, oh, that I wonder if they're one of those species that you need two males to sort of go because they have been found in breeding balls, balls. type of thing. You know. I mean, let let me say this: I have two point two olive pythons, and none of my babies have been sired by my other boy. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. His existence is just kind of here. Like he doesn't. I've put him in with the females. He never breeds with them. It's always my other male that breeds them. Right. So, and now it just comes down to that is like, do you keep the extra boy? Do you put them together when, like, do they? I, they, they, the males never see each other. There's never, the males combat. never see each other. No. Okay. I will take sheds and just kind of like, cause then that's good enough. Okay. Like, They've never, like, I've never decided to combat them. You know, okay. when you start getting into larger snakes, it's like, you know, it'd be fun trying to separate these two. Like, Plus, not, uh, the amount of damage they can do. I man. don't want to. Yeah. You so, um, like, normally what I do is I pick a female for them to go to. So, last year, I took my proven male to my one unproven female and put the unproven male to my proven female. I thought, right. all right, one of y'all know what to do in each pair. And I got eggs out of one clutch. And that's why this year I decided to breed the other female because she didn't go last year. So next year I'm going to take it back to that, that other female. Um, but each time I give that other male a shot, he just doesn't breed. Speaking of uh, combat, just so mm. people know if they're not paying attention, this is combat. combat. That's a oh. wild combat. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. That is a wild carpet. Yeah, he is, but Jesus. Yeah. You can see the, the bumps and the yep. bite, bite marks. Yeah, like right here. Yeah. You can see it's kind of... Damn. Bit the shit. Yeah. Usually, from what I've seen, again, just from wild stuff, I've only ever seen them really, really doing the, the you know, the dance, the rattlesnake mm -hmm. type of... Yeah, just the kind know. of... the. I mean, I told you I did that one accidental combat between a, a zebra jag and a jungle, which just was kind of sad. But, um, oh no, yeah, <laughs> whenever the jags come, oh, he just, oh, oh god, the male guy. normal, it was two jungles, it was a, it was a jungle that I thought was a female and a zebra jag, mm -hmm. and he went down on top of the other male, flipped over. Just kind of mm -hmm. like vibrated on top of him, and the other male like just sat there coiled. Like I don't like he didn't even try to combat him back. It's like I don't want to, you know, hit him. <laughs> like it would, just, yeah, yeah. Usually I see them doing that. Yes, yes. That's usually what you're saying. I don't even see it that extreme. Jesus, I don't ever let it go that far. Yeah, that little guy is really trying to. Yeah, he is really you know I mean? not going to go well, man. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, that's combat. So I remember the first time I tried breeding. So I had these, I bought these, um, well, they were supposed to be uh, jungle carpets from a pet shop and they definitely weren't jungle. Well, they were jungle carpets, but they were crossed with coastal carpets and mm -hmm. 
diamonds probably something and in there yeah. i was so excited because i i i had a pair and i went to breed them and this happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like oh so this is what they're talking about when they say combat but then I've also had two proven males live with each other for two months and not have any problems. I wonder if it has to do with uh, timing of year. Um, it was breeding season. That's why they were together. Like it was. Oh. I I I I had a. a I guess they were broken. <laughs> I, yeah, I had a super caramel jag um, that I wanted to breed to one of my caramels, and I put them together. Nothing happened. They kind of chilled and separated they're on different ends of the cages and all that fun stuff and i'm like all right well nothing's really going here so then i was curious so i took the unproven the female and put mm -hmm. it in with my big like multiple time proven caramel female and like they were locked up within like a minute and i'm like ah all right that's a problem so yeah yeah, the only time I've ever had carpets like getting there's there's a few people in the chat um, talking, talking about, combat. about combat and going after other. But the only time I've only had it happen twice. One was with a a jag and a coastal, mm. and the coastal went and had a feeding response and just just nailed him, nailed him, and yep. you know I was like, oh shit. So I really quickly took them out, immediately put them under uh, running water, they let go. The snake was was turning blue, but the snake survived. Everything was mm -hmm. good, you know. Luckily, you I was there to see it. You haven't lived until you've stitched your white lip closed. Yeah, it's that's rough. Yep. <laughs> Luckily, you have uh, some expertise there at your yeah. house. Yeah, throwing stitches. It was. Um, that was, was that a combat ago. thing, or was that? Nah, that was a that was a female. I don't remember male. that. Yeah, yeah, those were black face white lips when I did that years ago. Gotcha. Um, now it's like, dude, when I introduce, it's like everyone's been fed. Introductions are happening, and it's like everybody's either an immediate response of like male chasing the female or spurring the hell out of her, or just checking it out. But you know, I, I. I you got to watch for that kind of stuff because I have had a female kill a male. I've had it Carpet with the gelatins. Yeah. The gelatins, when I put them together, they did the same thing. The female went into a feeding response. She nailed the male. I had to separate them. Luckily, again, nothing, you know, everything was uh, good. I had a proven pair of jungles and they had proved with each other and they were together for like three weeks. And then I came in and the male had kind of like a crushed head like his head was not correct something was mm -hmm. wrong right and he was and he was dead so mm -hmm. i don't know if she bit him and wrapped him i don't know if she pinned him against something i don't know if he fell like it was just kind of that thing wow. so you know <laughs> breeding is dangerous we, we've what? said this numerous what? times once you experience introductions and you have uh, a carpet or any kind of python go after another python when you're trying to do introductions, it makes you super nervous. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I used to sit there when I was introducing my Cali Kings and it would be like, okay, bucket full of ice. We're ready to go. Come on. And like nothing, <laughs> nothing ever happened. Right. What are my thoughts on cohabbing? Cohabbing what? Cohabbing carpets. Let's talk about carpets. What do you think? 
Are you a, a for or against? Yeah, uh, why not? At this point, at this point, dude, I'm cohabbing my black face white lip because we're out of breeding season, but I haven't I haven't shut down the like the 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 tube. But the important thing is you need, if you're gonna do cohabbing, one, you need to make sure you have enough space. Two, you have to make sure that there's multiple high multiple heights, multiple hot spots, multiple waters, because you don't want yep. anybody to get pushed off. Because that's another thing we talk about. With breeding season, sometimes the female is so big, she pushes the male off. He gets cold or gets sick or gets stressed. It's like there's that. So you have to make sure there's ample room for everybody. And then you want to make it so that you can very easily, without inducing stress, separate them. Because I say the majority of the problems with cohabbing happen around feeding. So I stole... The idea of the bridges and the PVC pipes from from Brandon, and that's what connects my white lip cages. So when it comes time for feeding, I just put the freaking cap on the tube, and then there should be one python in in a cage. Now it doesn't matter if the females in the males cage and the males in the females cage. There's one white lip per cage. That's all right. I care about. And then you offer food, they eat, and then if I'm quick about it that night. I'll reintroduce. I'll just open up the tube again, but they may not mm-hmm. get access to each other again till the next day. It's not, right. nothing's wrong with it. So that's what I would do. Yeah. I, I, maybe I, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking, no, I've never cohab any carpets. I don't think, I know Justin does, you, you know, that was in the thing. I don't, I, yep. I think he still does it for, for some, um, I think, uh, yeah, all the points that you hit on, man. I, I yeah. you know, I, I, and once you've had an animal sort of like a feed response on another animal, it sort of makes you, you know, leery of doing that, you know. Um, but it, it has been done. Um, many people do it, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like they're gonna. I don't. I don't think you're gonna run into a problem where they're gonna eat each other. It's not like popwin pythons, like the actual <laughs> Dude, popwin it, pythons it, or it, ring popwin. pythons. Oh my or, god! You know. <laughs> like, that that was. We had to have. So I had to have that discussion with Ryan because I sent my ring python female to him, and he's like, mm-hmm. uh, "If my male kills her, you're good, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you." If if she kills him, you're good, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, so how many bodies does she have on her? I'm like, two. And he's like, okay, well, my male bred the other female that had killed the things and all that other stuff. And any breeding action that the guy saw? I'm like, yeah, apparently he saw some locks. He's like, so this thing breeds and then kills and eats them? Full prey mantis? I'm like, yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's something you got to think about. It's something you got to worry about. If if I if Pop Ones didn't have that reputation that is rightfully earned, I would probably have a pair. Right. But dude, can you imagine raising up a pair of Pop Ones, get to that point, and have them just tear each other apart? <sighs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not like you can just go and replace that animal super oh, easy. Oops, you know? off to pet smart to get another one. No. Like yeah, God. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I would know. I would love to cohab diamonds. I have an idea and a vision in my head 
of what I want to do with diamonds, how I want to do it, where I want to put them, what kind of cage I want, what kind of lighting, what kind of heating. I have it in my head. I just need the space and I need the cage and I need the diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think that's going to be the one species that I do cohab. I, I was talking to Matt about that when he was here, that I want to build a big, you know, it, and I think that might be the, I think you brought up a good point, right? The size of the cage is kind of important, right? Yeah. If you're putting, you know, if you have a, I would say even a four foot cage, like even these cages would be too small to cohab, you know, yeah. maybe if it was the size of the entire, the cage was the entire size of this, which is basically sort of what I'm going for. Right. Um, then you know maybe it might be okay and it really kind of depends on the species i think what what i really want is like do you remember cody's cages for his like mambas yes like i want that i want that maybe a little bit deeper okay i have to figure out how to do that (laughs) (laughs) how do you build this how do you build this it's like well you spend this much money okay okay yeah Speaking of uh, cohabbing, I thought this was. Uh, I'm just gonna. We'll share this picture, and then I, I guess we'll wrap I it up. I bet you, if I send, if I send pictures, Keith will write me up a blueprint. He probably would. Like you, dumbass. It's a box. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that a cool picture? Yes. Look at that carpet's head. Oh my god! Look at the head scalation. Look at its head pattern. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Typically, though, I, I don't know. I don't know if this was staged. It's possible that it was. Staged, oh, come on! But... Yes. Uh, well, very unlikely. Unless that little guy's trying to breed her. He's doing it wrong. Her tail's nowhere near that. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait a minute. That, you're over he's, here. He's, he's not doing well. Of course. She's over here. Of course. I've seen. I've seen males do worse. Like it's okay. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> What does it say? Cohab pop ones. I did mine for six months. It was awesome. Watch. So, uh, Skylar, were they pop one carpets or pop one pythons? I wonder. Yeah. yeah. If they're pop one, I think pop pythons. one carpets. Pop yeah. one pythons, dear lord. <laughs> why? Why would you do such a thing? Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to find out if they're compatible or not. I suppose. Okay. Um. So, anything else you want to? Yeah, pop one. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes better. sense. Yeah, okay. okay, better. That is. Whew. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. You better keep that pair forever, man. You're probably gonna get success breeding yeah, them. Dear God, um, like, well, I mean, and there's some people out there who do have success with pop ones. It's like, but I've heard that it's like one year they're good, next year not so good. Okay, it's like it's like a, it's not like a set pairing kind of a thing. Um. There you go. But yeah, Aaron, I mean, Aaron's talking about plenty of space for diamonds. He cohabs them, but I he mean, also lives in their range. Damn there's that. Know. Yeah, that's yeah, not fair. Um, Damn you, Aaron. <laughs> I, I do cohab my mad hogs. It's, it's a male and his two females. And it's really cool because you do see the, um, uh, like the shared nesting sites. Oh, right. so she will lay on pretty much on top of the other female. And okay. then, like a week later, the other female will lay like right on top of her. So, um, there's always this crazy picture of 
carpets. Hold on. Let me look mm. at my no- notebook. Sharing. Quick to the notes. Um, Nesting sites. Yeah, and I think I would imagine you'd see that, but um, it's, there's there's too much I want to do. Too much space I need. Space you need? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, wild carpet behavior. There used to be this place that made cages. It's called Cages by Design. Um, I think it's yeah. got a different name right now, but they're like tall plexiglass, like almost like a closet. Um, problem is that the back of those things used to be made out of the same like pressed wood stuff. That the okay. second it got wet, it would just inflate. And it's like if I could just find a cheap enough bones, like the base and the sliding glass and all the plexi. I'll just swap out the back for a piece of PVC. Like, you know. There you go. Yeah. I just got to find one. I remember in the, in the, I guess that was in the early 2000s. I used to see that company and think, man, that would be cool to keep my berms in those cases. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> berm like would be big, the big yeah. tree in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Berm yeah. would be miserable in those cages. Like, it was yeah. just. Um, Plus, if it's just uh uh, what like do you call it? Tree. On the back of it, it would just yeah. push it right out. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess I can't find that picture. Okay, mm. next time. There was a picture of um, carpet pythons sort of nesting in the same spot. I mean, I imagine they would. Um, it's like I mean, we, I think we saw one of the snake catchers. Like there was like some mulch pile, and they yeah. just kept clearing the mulch. And it's like, here's a mama eggs. Here's a mama eggs. Here's a mama yep. eggs. So yeah, that, um, was, that was kind of it. I'd say you can do cohabbing. It's just that when obviously what I would recommend, and and I've and I've actually been asked this question a couple times from people trying to get baby snakes for me, is they're like, well, I have a male now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to buy this female. Can I cohab them? I mm-hmm. would not recommend it because if you have juveniles that are young, keeping them together, like it's like what I mentioned before, you have to make sure you have enough room. You have to make sure you have enough heat. You have to make sure you can separate them during feeding. And juveniles are something that I wouldn't really recommend it because what if you don't have enough space or what if you don't have this or what if you don't have that? I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just that there's more that needs to be involved. If you have one 45-gallon long breeder tank and you're going to try to stuff as many carpet pythons in it as possible, I would recommend against that. Um, I would say usually I would wait till probably closer to adulthood to do cohabbing. Found it. Found it? I knew if you talked long enough, I would. we would find it. Just let me. Yeah, there you go. Two of them. And then the one you were talking about is this one. And it was uh, a mulch pile. I assume every mulch pile in Australia has a carpet python in it. Or a crocodile. Yeah, yeah, they are. (laughs) They look so happy. Yeah, right? (laughs) Look at the eggs, man. Oh, God. Wait, I think I have the picture of the eggs, and it's like we get so uh, crazy and fanatical about you know if it has a spot on it. I'm so glad you brought up eggs and Morelia. Oh, this is where they were. I'm not taking in there. Yep. (laughs) 
Oh, in that app, in that bin. Yeah. I refuse okay. to take advice from eggs from you and Lucas ever again. Why? Because I had a bread lie leg. And I'm like, eh, I'll probably leave the eggs over there for a little bit. And of course, you're like, yay, maternal incubation. And Lucas is like, bread lie are great mothers. You should leave those eggs with her. And I'm like, sure. And I come down like the next day and she has scattered the eggs all over the place. Like, I think well, she's she, a terrible mom. Oh, she's a dumbass. <laughs> so I think she got off the eggs and then they didn't stick. So she couldn't get them all. So she got like three of them. And then she had her tail through the ones that were partially fused. And she kind of had them a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I need to take these eggs. I go to pull her. She squeezes and actually pops an egg. I have really yes, I have never seen a Morelia hurt eggs. I've never seen a female actually cause damage to eggs, but she like popped it. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She squeezed so hard she popped it, and I said, This is why I don't do maternal <laughs> Oh, this, this is now you're right gonna blame it on that. Here. Right here. This is it. And it's like you stupid a-hole. So like I pulled her out i pulled the eggs out they were all kind of cold and i'm like great so i had to shove them all in the incubator um and of course the one egg she popped was not like the giant yellowish slug looking one that i know is a slug and given that there's a smell in my incubator is probably definitely a slug she popped a good one like i it, killing me come on come on and and what did it, what was my response well i guess that's one less baby it's you one have less to worry baby, about it's one less baby you have to worry about out of line but also correct <laughs> like <it is> like, <laughs> yeah yeah God. So, so we went from 208 to 207 <laughs> oh no 214 13 oh no <laughs> what to do what to do um, all is lost but I, I've never seen that. Out no, of a female. I've never, never seen that either. No, no. I've 100%. seen them grip them. I've seen them like kind of yeah. refuse to give them up. I've seen them very easily give them up. I've never seen one where she get like, if she just got the one in the right part of the coil and just squeezed. Yep. <laughs> wow. And I've never seen an egg explode. That's... Like, I'm like, Oh my God. It, wow. What was it like? It was just the, the it's milky kind fluid, of milky fluid. fluid. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a, it, 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 I mean, if you take a, a like a chicken egg and like if you were to like scramble it, that but not yellow, more white. Okay. And imagine that, like same consistency, same kind of gotcha stuff. And it was just like cool, good job. I'm wow. glad you. I'm glad you took all those months to make that egg. Yeah. Terrible mom. Sometimes terrible. they're just bad moms. Sometimes I they mean, just suck. Know, yeah. 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 Sometimes you know it's, you know it's not a terrible mother. Incubator. My incubator. <laughs> My is a wonderful yeah. mother. Yeah. Uh, we'll end it on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the incubator is not a terrible mom. All yeah. Right. Um, okay. So don't forget carpet Northeast Carpet Fest, uh, August 12th. Um, and uh, we got follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, you can follow the other podcast on the network yep. reptile fight club australian hurt podcast colubra colubroid radio boa 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 uh, monitor keeping podcast um and then tomorrow night we're going to be doing carpets and coffee with uh lucas before he heads off the to tour i know it's a 
Yeah, we were early. Friday, but the 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 music the the rock star has to go off and yes, you know, uh, do his performances. Uh, the the young little. Snap. If only yeah, young whatever. Eric could somehow meet young Lucas. I would. Who no, knows? What would no, happen? no, I wouldn't be here. It'd just be the two of you talking snakes and guitars. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say though that if you are coming to Northeast Carpet Fest, please uh, keep in mind there are certain rules and things that we ask of you. Number one. Do not bring any animals to Carpet Fest. Please, please do not do it. We will ask you to leave. Yeah. Um, we also ask that everybody try to bring at least one food item or drink item. Contact us. To let us know what you're thinking about bringing. We'll let you know if we have a ton of this or less of that. Um, just so everybody knows. Except have <laughs> Different mites. Don't bring yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you have to get the food ready to eat. So you can either cook it at home or wherever you're going, or Eric will have a grill and a kitchen that you can use. Um, but you have to make your food ready to eat. You can't just show up with a bunch of raw hot dogs and walk away. So, yeah, hopefully uh, this week I'll get the list up of stuff. Uh, you know, just people might ask what we need or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Send it to me and then people can talk to me about it because then Good. that's one less yeah. thing you need to worry about. Beautiful. See, that is called delegating and oh, helping. Okay. You see how Very that good. worked? Wasn't yes. it good? Oh, and take Let's care do of that with other Would things. <laughs> Let's do that with other things. And I have a, a group of peons that do things. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow, Carpets and Coffee. Uh, and speaking of coffee, we have the affiliate link with uh, our good friends at Cold Blood Caffeine. Um, we have Carpets and Coffee Blend, which is... Uh, I don't know. I've I've sort of went through them all. I think I like the carpets and coffee blend, man. Of course you do. I, 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 I kind of do. You gotta get the Papua New Guinea one, yeah. Of course. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. MREs. MREs. What are MREs? Isn't that like the military? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the, <laughs> the, the military. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah. 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 If you can we, find a bunch. You can bring them. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's all. I, I know we're probably forgetting things, but oh well, it is what Who it is. Cares? We don't yeah. do that thing anymore. No. Um, <laughs> until next time, uh, and uh, come hang out with us with tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch everybody next time.